Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, Freedom. Welcome. As we continue our journey in our series, The 800-Pound Gorilla in the Room, where we're talking about tough subjects and we're addressing them head on. We got a special guest with us today, Joe Sangle from I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Joe, welcome, and thank you for joining Freedom today. Hey, thanks so much. Fired up to be a part of this. One thing I know about you, you have a lot of passion, especially when it comes to personal finances. So give us a little bit behind your story and what fires you up and why, why are you helping churches and individuals um, with their finances? Yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share it. You know, it's one of those things they say that if you pass a test, well, then you have a testimony. And I think that's really re- the reason why I have the passion. I remember once a great pastor once said to a large conference, he said, do you want to be used greatly by God? And of course, everybody says yes. And he says, great. First, you must be wounded deeply mm. because it is out of your wounding that you're going to be more effectively able to minister. And I realized that that is what has happened with me and it is with my finances, that I went to college. I'm the first to go to college out of my family of six. I'm the youngest of six boys, but I was the first to go to college and there was no money for college. So I started dating Sally Mae to pay for all my college. And I know many people, uh, part of this conversation today, they, they've got student loans. And that's how I funded my, my degree. I studied mechanical engineering. And then I ended up getting a credit card my first weekend there. They, they asked me if I wanted some free stuff. And I said, yes, filled out every application. I answered the applications truthfully. I had no job, no income. And still they sent me a credit card. And so I ended up graduating with a degree in mechanical engineering. Uh, I barely graduated. Um, I had a 2.64 GPA. I like to tell a lot of people, some people graduated magna cum laude or summa cum laude. I graduated, thank the Laudy, and got <laughs> out of it. And, uh, but I had all the student loan debt, and I'd been driving a terrible vehicle that I caught on fire not once but twice. I was literally getting fired up driving my car. <laughs> so I wanted a different car, but I guess I needed a different car, but I wanted a new car. And so I gave in to my wanter and bought a brand new car, even financed a sales tax, and I got a job, and I thought that income was the solution for me. But I realized that more income just allowed me to spend even more recklessly. Mm. And I had this this pivotal moment, something I call an IHHE moment. Uh, An IHHE moment stands for I have had enough. (laughs) And anybody who's had their mama who reached that moment with them where they announced I've had enough knows it's time to get things in order or else it's going to be real bad. Yeah. And I had that moment with my finances and it was December 2nd, 2002. We were putting Christmas on a credit card again. I had student loan debt, truck debt, car debt, credit card debt, like you can't believe, uh, furniture debt. I owed other people. And I finally just said, this is not working. And this is something I wanted to just share, Pastor. I grew up going to church from the moment I was born, two or three times a week. And yet I never heard the biblical wisdom taught about how to manage money. I heard a lot about you should give and you should tithe, 
but no one ever talked about the rest and that God still owned it. Yeah. And so I reached yeah. this moment where I said, I've had enough. And in that moment, I had a revelation that the answers would be found in God's word. Start reading his word and you will find it. And in that moment, my bank account was not different. In that moment, my debt was unchanged. But in that moment, I stopped being broke. Wow. Because I realized there was a better way. There was God's way. And so I followed it and 14 months became debt free, except for my house. About three and a half years, got to go on staff at this church that Perry Noble started, New Spring Church. Got to negotiate myself a 50% pay cut. It fired up. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I got to do this full blast, helping people understand what God's word says about money, about the giving, which is wildly important, but also about what we should do with the other percentage so that we can honor God with everything he's given us. Yeah, I, I love I love that you said in that moment, I stopped being broke. Like you, you still had the debt all there, mm -hmm. but something, something you found financial, you found freedom, financial I found it. freedom and started working towards that. For those who are watching right now, freedom. That's what I, I want for you. Like you may be in debt today. You could have that moment today. It, you can have that decision to say, I'm going to start living God's way today. You may be not in debt, but you want to get better track of your finances. You want to invest more. Today is could be that moment for you today to say, I'm going to live financially free um, today. So we're going to walk through some of those things. You mentioned, you know, hey, I heard the church talk about this. We're in a series called the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And, you know, there's a saying that money talks. But we don't talk a whole lot about money. Why Why do we not talk about uh, personal mm -hmm. finances so much? Yeah, and I, I fully am aware that because I teach on this and speak on this, you know, I average about 100 times a year. I write about it every day. It's my full-time thing. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I recognize that I am extraordinarily odd and weird. And the reason being is that we don't talk about is it's called personal finances for a reason. It's very personal and it's really connected deeply to our dreams, the plans, hopes, and dreams that God has placed in our hearts. You know, Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. What he's, it's an acknowledgement that God puts desires there. And some desires seem weird and you don't even know they're from God at that moment. Like for instance, I had a friend who had a desire to have a beach house. Did he need a second house? No, he did not need a second house. But what he realized through the fruition of this dream 12 years ago, that God was giving him this house so that he could allow it as a place of rest for ministers to go to. Or to go retreat to, to be able to go focus on what's next, to seek the Lord. And it's become this place of extraordinary peace and blessing that that's why God gave him that desire of his heart. And God has blessed that decision. And so this thing of why we don't want to talk about money is we know maybe that we're, we're not fully confident with this thing called money. We know that we may not be making the wisest decisions with money. And so when others start talking about it, we start getting a little sideways because we know that our dreams, our plans, the things God has put in our heart, those desires, they could be at risk. And we don't like to be reminded of that. Yeah. And if we put it on a, on a clear terms, there is no doubt 
that money has become an idol in many people's lives, even within the church. And so when you start talking about it, they're kind of saying, get off my idol. You're stomping on my idol. But it's very important that we have the conversation because, Pastor, you're no different than me. If we're not careful, this thing called money, this stuff that we God would gift us with, they could become idols in our life if we're not extraordinarily careful. Freedom, you know when we when we do the live stream, go ahead and comment. As Joe's talking and he says something that resonates with you, we're, this is not a passive experience, so go ahead, put your comments um, in there and we'll interact with those. We'll, I'll read those later too. And, and, and that's, that's a big part of this is what are the takeaways that you're hearing? Go ahead and put that in and have those conversations. Uh, not easy stuff to talk about with the personal finances. Um, but also, Joe, as we, as we dive in, I want to talk about like, okay, I'm in debt, I'm investing. But before we talk about those things, what is, what's a solid biblical foundation for this because it doesn't you know you could go a, a bunch of different routes but i want to start mm -hmm. with what's the foundation that i should be using uh, what does the bible teach about money well that's a great question you know the bible talks more about money than it does money and possessions more than it does the topics of love hope and prayer combined and i think the first thing that we have to share is what Jesus shared and why this money thing matters a lot is it's a direct reflection of our heart. You know, it says in Matthew 6, 19, 20, and 21, you know, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And then he says this killer statement that is so true that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so that's a truth in the Bible that whatever your money flows to, your heart will, you cannot disconnect it from it. You will pay attention to it more. I like to say this is one reason why we love our children so much. You know, think about how much money they cost us. <laughs> they say it takes on average a quarter of a million dollars, plus or minus a little bit, to get them to age 18. And that does not include college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for grandparents, it's at another level, I've noticed. And so I think it's an extraordinary thing that we look at this and say, uh, money is connected to our heart. Our heart is connected to money. And throughout God's word, there's really, I've, I've tried to sum it up in a memorable thing. Okay. Six words, four things. It's, it, you should give, you should save, you should invest, you should plan the rest. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. Throughout God's work from Genesis 1 all the way to the end, we can see stories of giving uh, generosity to God. It's a way we honor him through first fruits, the tithe, the first 10%. It says in Proverbs 3, 9, to bring honor the Lord with the first fruits of your crops, with everything he's given you. You go to Malachi 3, 10, where it says, uh, bring the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And the Lord says, then I will bless you. And we see examples in Luke 6, 38, where it says, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together for the same measure you use. It'll be measured back to you. Jesus affirmed the tithe in Matthew 23, 23 in the New Testament that we should give. And then in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, I love how Paul writes it in his uh, letter to the Corinthians. He says, remember this. He literally starts with the words, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, Whoever sows generously will reap generously. And when you research it, he's talking about giving. 
And I always like to say, he, the unstated line there is, and he who gives nothing, well, he reaps nothing. Yeah. And so you should give. And the second thing is you should save. Proverbs 21, 20 says, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. And in Genesis 41, we have the amazing story of Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's bad pizza dreams where Pharaoh has had this dream that the skinny cows climbed out of the Nile River and ate seven fat cows. I mean, the cannibalistic cow story. Mm -hmm. It's always entertaining to tell your children at night. And then somehow in this dream, seven scorched heads of wheat ate seven healthy heads of wheat. And Joseph interpreted that there would be seven years of famine. And I love what Pharaoh said there. He, Pharaoh was a man far from God. But he saw God in Joseph and said, can I find anyone such as this man, one in whom is found the power of God? Hmm. And I, I'm going to just go on a little rabbit trail. When, when you live for God, it will stand out to people that are far from him. And it will be compelling and attractive. And they may not even understand why it is. They just know that it is. The gospel in its pure sense is so beautiful and will attract others to it. And that's what happened for Joseph. And he said, what should we do? Pharaoh said that to Joseph. He said, you need to save. Save when? When times are bad or good? In the good times. And so he says, save 20% in Genesis 41, 34. Save 20%. And then investing, of course, Proverbs 13, 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away. But he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. You got to plan the rest. Proverbs 21, 5 is the verse I anchor to. Says the plans of the diligent, see the planning and diligence, that's a fruit of the spirit that leads to profit, money left over as surely as haste leads to poverty. So give, save, invest, plan the rest. That's really a summary of what God's word says we are to do as Christ followers with the resources he places in our hands. Let me, I think that's amazing. We got a lot of people that come to freedom. They, they may not even be Christians or they, they may be just checking this out. Why does, why does that work? Because in some ways, just kind of in the natural, you know, giving money to the church or giving money to God, but I'm also in debt, Joe. So it seems like maybe God who's in control, like he can handle that while I try to take care of my finances. Right. Why do God's ways work, even though it seems like I'm redirecting my money the in a, in a way that doesn't seem natural to me. Well, I'm going to answer this with a way that kind of melts my own brain, but I'm just going to share it because I think <laughs> it's the reason why I, I believe that it works. Uh, God created the universe that included earth, but the entire universe. And he has set forth rules of the universe and of earth. For example, gravity today, yesterday, thousand years ago, thousand years from now, gravity is 9.816 meters per second squared. It just is. If you like English units, 32.2 feet per second squared. It's just the way it is. At sea level, water will boil at 212 degrees Fahrenheit every single time, 100 degrees C. It just does that. There are seasons and the seasons go in order. They do not go out of order, right? Mm -hmm. There's spring, all by summer, then there's fall and there's winter. God is a God of order, not of chaos. He's a God of systems, and he gave us systems because it's a gift that allows his creation to survive and thrive. In the same way, he has rules 
for resources, for finances. And throughout his word, you can read it from beginning to end. He says, if you give, and who do you give to? You give to God's work, you give to the poor, you give to the needy, you give to anyone who has a need. If you have two of one and your neighbor has none, you're to share it with him, that he will bless that. And I, I, you know, money is called currency. That means it should have a current. It should flow through you. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. God can get it to flow through you, he will get more to you. And so these are just rules. And so when you look at it, and you may not be a Christ follower, and man, I, I love it that you're checking this out today. And I just I just would issue the, the, cha- the, the triple dog dare challenge, as known in that great show that's going to start playing nonstop on the TV soon, A Christmas Story. And I just dare you to try God's system to every single month, plan everything he's given you and give first, save second, invest third, and just plan the rest carefully and ask God to help you and see what happens. Because I know for a fact, his word is true. And when you apply it, it just works and goes better. That's, that's a great that's, word. That's a great I, word. I absolutely I I absolutely love that. That's that's challenging and encouraging. We're going to jump into the practical, but just that freedom. We we call this, we just say love through generosity. Mm. Because when you are generous, it just communicates love. We have a Love Los Alamos fund here um, that we use to to bless our local community. Uh, Just since COVID, uh, we we have given away over $14,000 from our small church to our community, to local residents in need. And we, you guys know this, you get to, you see a need, you know you have the Love Los Alamos fund at Freedom Church that now you can go meet that need. And so if if you see a need, we got a, a care finder on our website. You can just go fill out that form and go bless somebody and love somebody. And we've seen God work in you and through you in that. So I just want to say again, Freedom, you you, a lot of you, you get this idea. I want to dive into a little bit more on the on the practical side, and I want to hit it from two angles. I want to start with those who are in surplus, because you you okay. help people with that are in debt, but you you also help people who like, hey, I'm I'm like Joseph, I've saved, I got some money. What would be some of the advice that you would give to those, especially in COVID nineteen? In Los Alamos, I don't know if you know the numbers here. We're a small town, about 20,000 people. Los Alamos National Laboratory is here, so a lot of PhDs, yeah. highly scientific. The uh, median household income is over $100,000. Um, and so there's a lot of people who are in surplus. They are not in need at, at this moment. What would you um, tell them during this time of COVID-19? Well, I would say to them, number one, uh, continue the good practices you've been following that has allowed you to be in this position. Uh, Stay the course. So continue to give, continue to save, continue to invest and plan the rest. But the tweaks that I would ensure that you would do, and this is what me and my bride have done, is we have added a line item to our budget called intentionally bless others. So after we give the tithe in our budget, we actually have a a row that says intentionally bless others. And what I have discovered, now we have added this uh, well over 10 years ago. What I've discovered is when you intentionally put money in a category called intentionally bless others, and we actually pull this amount out in cash at the start of the month, 
it turns out God will give you eyes to see needs that you can meet and intentionally bless others. And so we've been able to be part of dozens and dozens and dozens of stories of being able to say, God has blessed us. He's blessed us so that we, not just so we can store it up just for us, but that it could be a pour over blessing to others who have needs. And so we've been able to give brand new shoes to kids, to buying somebody's groceries, um, helping the person who's at the corner, the homeless person, putting food in the food pantry and everything in between. And so that's what I would encourage you to do is one, thank God that he got your attention long ago and that you decided to decide to honor him with everything he's given you. He has blessed you and I would continue those steps, but I would just encourage you God to open your eyes to be able to meet needs during this time because no doubt those needs are are in the community right now. Yeah, and to be able to meet them during this time, during this season is is I mean just even more so impactful. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. I did not prep you on this, but we're talking about the 800-pound gorilla in the room, um, and I've had some people um, bring this. I don't like this question because it's almost based out of fear. Um, but I want to get your take on it while you're in the room with me. Um, some people have money and they, they're like, I need to take cash out now. Um, mm. just because they don't feel like maybe their cash is, is safe in a bank or an investment or something like that. I don't know if you've heard anything like that. I've heard enough 100%. of it to say it's on people's brain. So I want to ask you and get your take on on that and and what you what you think if someone's wondering if they should take cash out of their bank and maybe store it themselves well i think it's always appropriate to have cash that's available to you uh some cash uh it's a different amount based on who the human is uh but i think it's appropriate to have cash you know you're not always guaranteed that the atms are going to have cash or that your bank will be open uh and you never know when you might have an urgent need that you need the cash for. So, you know, keep it in the mattress, keep it in the the old mason jar buried 14 steps from the old oak tree or in the freezer in the block of ice. And people keep money in strange places, Pastor. I mean, real, real strange places. And that's okay. But I would just encourage you uh, as, as, a, as a person of faith to not let fear drive your decisions. If you are making decisions and you look and analyze the core reason why you're doing it, and the core reason is fear, you have to remind yourself, God is the prince of what? He's the prince of peace. And if I'm running towards fear, what voices am I listening to that's causing me to result in fear? I understand prudence. I understand safety and margin, working capital for business owners. I understand all of that. That's very important, and you should have that. But when you're doing stuff based solely out of fear, uh, I would encourage you, you need to get other voices speaking to you because it is fear is what keeps humans alive, right? It's, it does keep us alive. Fear <laughs> keeps us from walking out in the middle of the road. But, but when you keep having fear driving it and it continues on and on and on, that is, that is a lie straight from the pit. And you just need to re- rebuke it and say, I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to get in prayer and I'm going to surround myself with people that are trusting the Lord. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good that's a good word. Let's let's kind of flip it now. Um because there's people here that are watching they're in debt. They're they they have good reason to worry 
um, and, and they're struggling right now. Um, and, and believe it or not, Joe, and you know, we got people who are making that over a hundred thousand dollars a year, but they are swimming in debt. Some of it is their own, own things they've been doing. Some of it could just be health related, but they mm-hmm. are struggling in this season. I'd like to get, what do you, what would you tell them in this time right now? I would tell you, uh, number one, you can do this, that this is a season. It's not forever. It's just for now. And I would, I would invite you to research all of the challenges that you're facing and ask, did this happen uh, because I did decisions relying solely on myself? Or did these decisions that are causing me financial pain happen because I just wanted it? Because I will say that the vast majority of people who struggle financially, uh, who find themselves really struggling when the economy retracts, is those who have been living with no margin, which is not biblical. And they have been giving into the want or a lot, and they've signed up for lots of debt. And now there is no room at all for them to hardly breathe, and they're falling behind on one or more bills. And so what I would encourage you, if you find yourself in that place, your number one step is to sit down and prepare a budget. Because Proverbs 21.5 is very true. The plans of the diligent, it will lead to profit. And there's nothing more powerful than sitting down, just putting in God first, saving second, investing third, and planning the rest, and doing this before you receive income for the month, before the bills show up, before the month begins. That's called planning. But of course, that plan, will what it will do, it will help you reveal where the gaps are in your life. And it will help you understand, oh my goodness, I know where my retirement is. We've been eating it because your dining out bill is so large and grocery stores, the world of impulse. And I know that when I first did this, I had my, I have had enough moment, December 2nd, 2002, but I'm a natural born spender, pastor. I mean, I can spend too much on lunch and accidentally buy a truck. I mean, it's, it's a bad case of spending. And so the truth be told in the single household, it was Jen Sangle who walked into, into the room while I was taking a nap one afternoon. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was watching my beloved Chicago Cubs lose another baseball game. But she interrupted my nap by saying, what do you think of this budget? And because I'm a spender, a budget is my mortal enemy. So I immediately broke out into poetry and said, my name is Joe, a budget makes me say no, and it interrupts my flow, so it's got to go. (laughs) And she didn't laugh at all. And I know all the spenders right now, you can just write amen in the comments right now, you can just do that. But, But here's what I realized, she was cute. So I decided to look at it. And I realized that the budget balanced to exactly zero and it did exactly as I've been sharing here. There was giving in the budget, a full tithe, there was saving, there was investing, and we planned out the rest, and there was no new debt added. And then as an engineer, I realized this thing could be an Excel spreadsheet, and I got all fired up, and we prepared the budget. Now listen, that's the first part of Proverbs 21.5. It says the plans. The second part has to go with it of the diligent. That's what leads to profit. And diligence If you have accepted Christ, you get all the fruits of the Spirit, all of them listed in Galatians 5, 22, 23. Peace, 
patience, gentleness, goodness, right? All those things and self-control. Ask the Lord, beg him to activate it. And if you're a spender, you hear me, you have to ask him to activate it. And because if you have a plan, but you don't have diligence, you've just wasted your time. Hmm. If you have no plan, but you're diligent, you'll have a bunch of focused wandering. You won't get very far. But when those two get together, just like gravity with a rock, when they get together, it's going one way. It's going to happen. You can count on it. And all of a sudden, we are able to give consistently the tithe for the first time in our life. Never missed it since. We're able to save. We're able to invest. Able to plan the rest. 14 months later, debt-free except for our house. Three and a half years later, on staff at the church. Finishing the story in 2013 at age 38, we paid off our house. Been able to start not one, but four businesses. We have a collection of eight businesses. We've had God pour out blessings on top of us. And I really believe, Pastor, if we did not have that moment back then when we were broke, when God broke me so that he could get our attention, that we would still be broke today. I wouldn't Mm. be sitting here trying to share God's word and what it says about this. I'd still be broke, probably have declared bankruptcy at least once, facing it twice. But because for whatever reason, we chose to listen and read to God's word and apply it. And with his great grace, we've been able to experience, you know, great, great things with our finances. Not not for us. I'll tell you, Pastor, I can say this 100%. If, if God took it all away tomorrow, if he chose to take it all again, and you know, one of my businesses, I like to say, one of my businesses was a multi-million dollar business before this, COVID. Now it's a multi-dollar business. Mm. And I can still smile about it. Because a couple of the other businesses, God is 4X and 5X and 6X in their business. And I look at it and say, God, if you take it all away, you're my great provider. And my faith is in you. It's not in any of this stuff. All this stuff, God's merely provided so that we can do what he's called us to do. And if he needs it back, God, you can take it because you're my great provider. I trust you. But Joe, your story is inspiring and, and freedom this doesn't have to be just Joe's story. He's, he's graciously um, created um, some practical next steps for us to where we can start taking some next steps forward and you can start taking some next steps forward in your journey. So if you would comment right now, uh, just comment the word finances. Um, we have up a six week course um, that we're, I want you to talk about it, Joe, because you know more than I. I'm going to go through the course. I'm going to help lead the course. We're going to go through it together. So go ahead, comment finances. But Joe, what are what are some of the things they're going to get in this course? And I'm going to go ahead and switch screens here so we can kind of take a, a little bit of a sneak peek at what this looks like. But what are they going to get in this course? Well, uh, and I'm so, so excited to be able to offer this uh, to, to the Freedom Church family. But they're going to get access, individual access behind their own login and password, access to the six video teaching sessions. There, You can click there on the sessions button and you'll see the six sessions. The first one is something called the ladder. And what we do is we help put people's financial decisions in order. Everybody has a next step. And so we teach it through something we call the ladder. And so I teach this lesson and it helps every person, whether they are struggling to pay their basic bills, or they're preparing for retirement, 
or paying off their house. It helps them identify their next step along with additional podcast episodes and supporting resources for each lesson. The second lesson is about documenting your plans, hopes, and dreams. Pastor, more than 50% of adults have never in their adult life wrote down their plans, hopes, and dreams. Hmm. And so hmm. I really want people to do that. Psalm 37, 4, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I want you to delight yourself in the Lord and, and discover those things that God has placed in your heart. And then the third thing is budgeting. And we're going to help you get a plan that honors God and honors you and honors the people in your life. The fourth lesson is on saving and debt, uh, being able to build savings, the three things you should save for. Uh, how do you eliminate debt? Every person after that lesson will know how many months until they're debt free without the house. Wow. And if they own a house, how long until they're debt free, including the house? And let me tell you, it's faster than you ever thought possible. And then session five is about investing. Uh, getting your money to work for you. We call that type two income around here. And uh, that's important because there's a day where you may not be able to work for your income and you need your money to make money for you. Mm. And we tie that to the parable of the talents as shared by Jesus in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And then of course we talk about the importance of insurance. And then session six is how do you incorporate this diligence in your life? How do you sustain what you've put in place? And so we teach that every lesson is somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes. And then there's guided conversation. Uh, there's a bonus session at the end as well. Uh, you can uh, download the listening guide and fill in the blanks as I teach. We have special COVID-19 resources on 10 financial steps you can take right now in the midst of a pandemic. You can even download as a PDF. And for those of you that are struggling to even pay your bills, we have a free ebook I've written there on how do you prioritize who gets paid when there's not enough. We call it appropriately, help, I can't pay my bills. <laughs> and as you go through it, there's MP3. So if you're on the go, driving back and forth to work, you're running, you're working out, you can listen to the lessons and uh, you don't have to just sit down and watch them. And so I really encourage everybody uh, to be a part of this. I think they'll find it very helpful no matter where they're at in their financial journey. Yes. Uh, yes. So freedom, uh, this is, so it's freedom, absolutely, this is free absolutely free to you. So to you. go ahead so and comment. Go ahead and comment. Uh, finances, we will follow up. We will get you the information to log in and move forward um, and take some of those next steps. I, I believe um, it's practical in any season, but even more so um, now to be able to know what we're doing and have a plan forward. Joe, thank you so much, not only for spending time with us today, encouraging us, inspiring us, and challenging us, pointing us to Jesus, but also just you do this on a, on a, on a worldwide scale. You're helping people and you're building the kingdom and you're doing it the right way. So thank you so much for this. What's a just in closing out, a final promise or final word of mm. encouragement from God that you would like to give uh, to freedom as we close out today? I, I would just finish by saying this. Uh, there are many names for the Lord in the Bible, and one of them is Jehovah Jireh. And that means our God who provides. He is our great provider. Mm. And I want you to think about times in your life when you did not know what, got, what you needed to do, what your next step was, not just money, but otherwise. Have you found God to be present during those times? I suspect the answer is yes. And if God's brought you here, he'll take you to where you need to be next. 
And so I encourage you, worship the provider. Don't worship the provision. That will always fail you. And I, I started out, I'll finish with the fact that your heart is connected to treasure. And I love that Jesus shares that because the reason God wants us to give to his work, the reason he wants us to be wise with what he's put in our hands is not so much that he needs our money. He does not need our money. He owns it anyhow. It's because it's connected to our heart and he's in the heart business. He cares about your heart. And so regardless as if you're broke or whether or not you're wildly wealthy, God could not love you more or less based on the size of your bank account. He loves you because you are his great creation. And he created you unique and uniquely you. He loves you right where you're at. And if you don't know Jesus, uh, man, I encourage you to make that decision today. It's the greatest decision you would ever make. Um, he loves you and he loves your heart. Freedom, I want you to know today um, how much God loves you. We're bringing this up because it's one thing to talk about, but then when we talk about the nitty gritty, it's, it's in our heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And, and there's idols that lie in there. And, and so if there's been some, some takeaways, I, I, I mean, for me, there's so many things that I needed to hear today, but I, I want to I wanna just encourage you. This is a message to, to bring freedom. And it may be financially related. It may be something else. Like we serve a God who is a generous, giving God. And he wants us, his children, to go be a light in this world, to go and be like him, to go and, and live generously. So that's my heart as a pastor. I just want you to know that anytime we do a money talk, I don't want your money. We don't need your money. A church is doing great at the same time. Like Joe outlined, hey, here's how God set this up. I just say live generous. Be free and live generously. But also what he was saying, what we have for you is this resource. And many of you have commented finances to get you set up if you need some real practical help. Christina, you asked a great question. I, there's always a comment that kind of jumps out to me each week. And yours has, has for some reason, is resonated with me. Like, how do I get help? And you're not the only one. There's other people, whether they're in debt or they're, they're wanting to do something else. How do I do this? I always say this, one step at a time. So for you or for somebody else, maybe the first step, the next step is commenting finances. The next one is when I get the email from Pastor Mike to open up the account, you know what? I'm going to do that. Then I'm gonna go through lesson one and I'm gonna do the homework there. And, and it's going to take some work, plan and diligence, but we just do it one step at a time. How do you change the world? One step at a time, one conversation at a time. And then God does amazing things. How are we going to reach Los Alamos? Hey, our next step freedom is we got an in-person gathering that we're getting ready for on the 15th. For many of you, you've commented, sir, because we're going to start meeting to get the leaders going so we can get just see God do amazing things. You know what I'm excited about that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is coming up. Like we just had Halloween, Thanksgiving coming up, but Christmas. And we have seen God save. Last year, I think it was like 12 people got saved at Christmas at Ashley Pond. At Ashley Pond in the middle of a snowstorm and eternity got changed for 12 people. That's because you and I and we got together and said, hey, we're going to try this thing out. We're going to take a next step. And God blesses when you take a next step of faith. 
And that's all I want. That's my pastor's heart is to see you do that. I know you can do that. So thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster. As well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.